This is Trackside with Kirk Cavan and Kevin Lee. Good morning, everyone. Greeting you on behalf of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Arnelli Jones believes records are made to be broken, and he qualifies at a new record speed of 150.370 miles per hour. His fantastic run showed all four laps in the 150 mile an hour bracket. He's the Indianapolis hero of the day. It's a new track record. Second and final Penske car out of the field. Tony Bentonhausen has a car in the field. Stefan Johansson has made it into the Indianapolis 500-mile race. And Emerson Fittipaldi is out. Here he is, halfway through this qualification. of the 11 to complete a run, James Hinchcliffe. Checkered flag for Connor Daly, 32nd. James Hinchcliffe is bumped. My goodness. History may very well be made in the young career of Kyle Kaiser off of turn number four. Checkered flag in the hands of the starter. Lap number four in the books, 227.109, and he's fast enough. Oh, that was awesome. Let's go. It's time to qualify for the greatest race in the world coming up tomorrow. Right here on the radio, Peacock is your television home tomorrow and Sunday until the Firestone Fast 12 shootout. 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock on Sunday on NBC. Welcome to Trackside. 93.5, The Fan in Indianapolis. Sam Rumsa is at the MS Communications Worldwide Headquarters. Kevin Lee, Kurt Cavan. At Kevin Lee 23, at Kurt Cavan, Fast Friday is complete. The Kyle Kaiser highlight, though, still gets us, doesn't it, Kurt? <laughs> and, and I didn't, I don't think I've ever heard that from Mark James's perspective. He was fantastic on calling that. I, I, uh, I don't know why I never heard that. That was, that was really good. And I just saw, I saw Kyle last week at Fast Times. He was up there at an event I, I was at. Kyle actually works for one of the Jackson Lee Racing Partners at at High Alpha, a venture capital firm here in Indianapolis. And, and, you know, he's tested a car recently, so I didn't ask him about if he's done racing or not. I'm sure he would be open to it. But, hey, he's a smart young man. He's doing some other things in the spare time as well. Very cool stuff. We're ready to, to see if we can create more memories coming up tomorrow. So before we recap the day and everything, and we just had the qualifying draw, which, by the way, matters significantly more than it normally would because i will mention this first qualifying time has been changed tomorrow because there is a threat of rain in the afternoon uh and and in indianapolis we never know but there's a threat of rain tomorrow 
And so I was kind of guessing back and forth uh, as to whether they, it'd like be a baseball game. And if you don't get through the fifth inning, do you have to start over or would they finish it up? And I wavered back and forth on that. And ultimately, I was wrong. They do need to finish it up entirely. So it's either 33 or none. If they do not get through all 33, at least having a chance doesn't mean 33 qualify. So, for example, if someone failed tech or if someone pulled out a line or missed their spot in line or a tire goes down, anything that is somewhat within their control outside of it rains when they're on the track. You know, if they have the ability to complete their run and they don't, then that is their attempt. And then entrant points would uh, start or fill out the field, you know, 33rd, 32nd, 31st, if there were more. So with that in mind, qualifying starts at 11. If somehow it remains nice, it'll go until 550. And there will be practice sessions moved up a little bit. So 830 until 930. Uh, tomorrow morning is the plan. And then I got sidetracked. Where was I going before that? that I was going to explain. And, and I felt like we needed at least at the times out there. You were saying that qualifying position in the order, it matters tomorrow because you do want to be early, theoretically, or at least you'd think so. If we get rain overnight, uh, you know, and you wash away some of the rubber, maybe being first uh, is, is not as advantageous. I, I don't know that I'd want to be first have nothing to do with the track conditions. Just being first is difficult, but anything in the second through sixth, anything in that first 45 minutes would be a, a terrific time. Uh, first out tomorrow is Pato Award. Really good car there. Second out is a car I think can win the pole. In fact, I would predict he'll be on the front row, and that's Renus VK, who has qualified third and fourth in his two Indianapolis 500s. Uh, the rest of the top, I'll give you the top 10. Callum Eilat goes third. Felix Rosenquist fourth. Romain Grosjean fifth. Jimmy Johnson gets a good number in the sixth spot. Devlin Francesco seventh. J.R. Hildebrand eighth. Juan Montoya ninth. And Takuma Sato, who continues to impress with his Dale Coin with Rick Hoyer Racing uh, car. He, he's going to roll off 10th. And where I was going to go, and we'll get back to that in a moment, is that, okay, I know there's no bumping this year. We're disappointed in that. I'm feeling, though, there is going to be a lot of interesting portions of the weekend. I think there's going to be energy. I think there's going to be drama and plenty of storylines. And the things that we've been saying for the last few days, every interview I heard today is qualifying matters more than it ever has. Uh, we hope we're wrong, but the fear is it is going to be difficult to pass. It is going to be more like a strategic road course race. So a lot of the race, you can help yourself significantly by what you do the next couple of days. And then secondly, we're starting to think we know a little bit, but I still don't feel that anyone has super strong senses of where they're at and where everybody else is at. It's a big unknown and that makes it really interesting. Add in another portion is that everyone has to approach their run tomorrow, unless the forecast changes and it just looks fantastic all day, which unfortunately will probably lead to a little bit of boredom and nothing happening in the middle of the day if there's no chance of rain. But that's unlikely. 
So they're going to approach these runs like this might be our only chance if we want to start in the top 12 or even if we just want to start 16th instead of 31st. Well, keep in mind a couple things. If there's a if there's a lull in the middle of the day, that's that's normal for for qualifying days. Typically, cars will go out in that eleven o'clock to twelve forty five range, and then the track heats up, and then it's pretty much pointless, especially when you don't know where the bump line is going to be. And you know, while there is uh, still uh, everybody's going to make the field. In this particular case, you still have a lot of cars that that will go anywhere from sixth in the order all the way to probably 22nd. So I think there's a lot of cars in there. First of all, you're going to take your first run. You're just going to take the first one and see where you end up. But Which but would I normally get you to 3 p.m. for a noon start, 3, 3.15. Now it's going to be around 2 p.m. So that's why I'm talking. That's an extra hour of, unfortunately, kind of nothing in there. So... Yeah, trying to but, avoid uh, that. but I think, but I think you'll uh, you'll see everybody take a run at the start, unless it just is clearly that there's not going to be any rain coming at all in the daytime. But you'll see Correct. everybody make a run, and then you're going to see some wild activity between four thirty and five fifty, just like you normally do. Because as I mentioned, there's a lot of people that could be in that you know six to twenty two range. Uh, you know, there'll be some like Stefan Wilson will just take what he gets. And, and mm-hmm. there are some others that I think fall in that category that they know they're going to be in the back six or seven, and, and they'll be satisfied with whatever position. They may try to bump their way up from, from 32nd up to 22nd, you know, if they can do that, but if the temperatures really cool down later in the day. But you're going to have a lot of competition for one of those 12 starting positions that will transfer to Sunday's action, and, you know, that's the run for the pole. Uh, the top 12 and then the round of, of six. And the other thing is there are 12 bonus points available, uh, 12 down to number uh, down to one point for positions one through 12. That seems a little awkward to say, but uh, there are bonus points for the top 12. So, you know, in addition to starting up high, you get some bonus points as well. When I look at the list, I think if we – Maybe I'll save that for the next segment, and we'll do a quick count. Uh, Maybe we'll do that during the break of how many we think have a legitimate chance at being in the 12. And I suspect it's going to be a pretty big number because I I think that number of people that we think are probably going to be on the last row is – I mean, obviously, I think there's a larger group that could – something that could go wrong – and end up on the last row, but I don't know how to phrase this, but we think are likely to be near the back. I don't know that there are that many that I think, oh, they got no chance to qualify in the top 20. I I don't know if there's anyone other than the Stefan Wilson entry, and that's because of circumstances. Just because they just got it together, yeah, there are probably two or three others that I think have a, if I had to pick, I might pick and we might agree on that. But... And especially if we go back and look at the draw, if one of those teams that you might have pegged to be near the bottom is going out in that first hour, then that might change the game a little bit. So that let's look at that list again one more time. And, you know, a Callum Eilat going out early. Uh, I think you can start thinking about, boy, if I'm those teams going between 11 and noon, if I feel good about where I'm at, that's your chance. 
that is going to be the best conditions of the day. But how aggressive do you want to get that first run? And it also depends on the experience level of your driver. You're not going after it if you're Callum Mylott's team at this point, but maybe somebody else is. So I think the number is going to be about 22, which is the reason I said that, the number of cars that we think can fit in that uh, top 12. But it might be just a little okay. bit more than that. And and I think the other thing that makes it difficult for either of us to go through this list, as you're discussing or proposing, is that we don't really have a handle on whether the Chevy is better than the Honda or vice versa. We don't really even know much about the competition because there were a lot of teams that didn't really push it today because of the wind. So whatever we knew about Thursday's action, remember the boost has been increased, uh, so there's more horsepower in the engines, and that affects, you know, setups and handling and bravery to some extent. So I don't know that we have a – you know, Ed Carpenter mentioned this, and I thought that was it was spot on. Usually at this point, everybody kind of knows who's who and what's what. I don't have any sense for this yet. And, you know, I think we think the Ganassi cars are, are better than most. But mm -hmm. I think if you go down the list, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, put it past several other drivers, um, you know, that could make the fast 12. I think the number for the fast six is going to be tidy i think it'll be smaller if we were to do that during the break but but um it's going to be an interesting little mix-up because we don't really have enough information yet well let's look at the fast 12 contenders that are going out in the first hour or so you know if you're in that group where we think you might be there i feel like you got a big advantage so Pato award renus vk um i don't know if i'll put felix in that camp yet he didn't sound super comfortable today i know pato is in pretty good shape but i'm not sure felix is there grosjean's qualifying car sounds better than his race car he was on the uh, peacock pit box for a little while and he was not happy with the race car from yesterday but i think they might be fast uh, all alone tomorrow so i I'll, I'll put him in that camp now as a contender jimmy johnson is in that camp jr hildebrand might be in that camp I didn't see enough closely or talk to enough people to see where they're at, but I remember they put up a pretty good number there. Uh, Montoya in that condition might be in that camp, but I don't expect him to really get after it as much. Sato is definitely in that camp. He's going to go out just before noon. And then Kanan right around noon, also in that camp. And then, hey, here's one to think about. It's still going to be pretty good by 12.05 or 12.10, which was in David Malukas is going to go. And David Malukas looked incredibly strong today. Two different, really good four-lap runs. And I don't know if everyone heard Takuma interviewed at the end of the day. So he ended up with the fastest one lap at 232.789, but dropped like a rock on laps three and four. And he said that's because they trimmed too much. Um, the less downforce you have, you know, obviously it's drag on the car and it makes you go slower, but if you're sliding more, you're putting more wear on the tires. And he said the tires were just gone. So that's why you add more downforce. Yes, you're going to give up a teeny bit of speed, but you'll be more consistent over the long run. And he said, that's what my teammate David Malukas did. And he was incredibly consistent over his four lap average. And his four lap average was actually better 
than what Sato did, I believe. Four lap averages, Kanan was best, 230.5, then Malukas, then Sage Karam, then Pato Award, then Sato, Jimmy Johnson, Simon Pagino. And by the way, there's a big drop after that, two miles an hour uh, when we get past six, seven. And a lot of those were done in the middle of the day. So a lot of teams didn't go out in the five o'clock hour like Team Penske. I don't think we really know where Team Penske is at because they felt good. They didn't come. So don't go just by the speed chart today. I still think Team Penske is up there and is a contender for at least the, the top 12, which was not the case last year. They qualified between 17th and 32nd. And I would not I would not draw too much into those. You said there was a big drop-off to some of the other ones. You know, you could have bailed out on lap three or four because you didn't need to finish it. Maybe it got a little squirrely, the gust, whatever. I mean, if you ran two good Correct. laps, that, that tells me you can do it, that, mm-hmm. that the gust – the gust of wind just made it such that you didn't really want to push it. You know, turn two was the issue today. It was a crosswind across the racetrack, um, which really makes turn two troublesome. Uh, It kind of sends the nose of the car in an understeer, a push toward the wall. That's what we saw from Jimmy Johnson when he slapped the wall. Uh, Good job, by the way, of of him not to kind of overcorrect and send that thing into a spin. He kind of wrote it out, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know what we know. I think, I think Sato and Malukas will make the top 12. I think that I think and, those, cars and I wouldn't have really said that good. about Malukas yesterday, but the, the draw helps me change my mind. And I think no matter I don't know if if he had drawn 27th, I would I believe I would say he wouldn't make it because I still think they'll be a teeny bit conservative with a 20, 21 year old driver. I'll look at I think he's still 20, Um, but going out at that time, that might be enough. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of of how well Jimmy has run consistently, I think that car can make the top 12. And I think Renus VK and and, uh, the Ed Carpenter team, you know, with Connor Daly, with Ed Carpenter, I think at least one, maybe two of those cars will make the top 12 because they have consistently shown over the years that they can qualify. And uh, I think we'll see big things from at least one or two of those cars. Now, I mentioned that I expect Team Penske to still be strong tomorrow, and they have more than they showed on the speed charts. However, if it's not about the rain and it's sunny for a while, this is going to be tough sledding for them because I don't think any of them will get an attempt to qualify before 1 o'clock. So moving up early does still give them a better chance because obviously the noon format means they're going at 2 o'clock and they're just hoping that it stays dry all day and they get to make another run and, and the timing of getting in line works out at 5.30 or something like that. But McLaughlin is 22nd, so that's probably about 1 o'clock. Uh, a little bit later, if anything goes wrong, it's usually about 11 per hour. They need about 5 minutes per car. So if all is going smoothly, that would say you can get 12 in per hour. So it's somewhere in that range. Uh, then Joseph Newgarden is going 28th. And willpower. So I started the day thinking, you know what? Team Pensy's going to figure it out. And willpower has won 64 polls and none at the biggest race in the world. My early pick is going to be willpower to win the poll. It might still be, but I think his toughest challenge is going to be to get to Sunday. 
He needs to hope that it stays dry all day so that he can make another run after 5.30 this afternoon. And because there is no risk of missing the race, I think you then are more willing to withdraw your time to go in the fast lane. Obviously, worst case scenario, you're starting 33rd. That's not good but at least you're in the race. It's not as big of a risk as before, where if you if there are 34-plus cars, if you cut a tire, put it in the wall, you miss the race. You see what I'm saying there? That, that I think yeah. if we go to 550, uh, or if it's just, it may just be a race to rain at some point. You know, when we get into second runs after they've gone all the way through the line and it looks like it might rain again, and obviously if it looks like it might rain again, it's the temperature's probably dropped and the conditions are going to be great this is where I think the entertainment value is going to come tomorrow because everyone's going to get in line, and I think people will be willing to withdraw their time. By the way, if you withdraw your time, so the time withdrawn is not when you peel away. You cannot get in the fast lane and go all the way up there and get to the front and say, I changed my mind. I'm getting out of line standing on my time. At the back of the line, just past when you basically turn left from Gasoline Alley is where you're making the commitment. And you will withdraw your time if you get to the front of the line. So if you're still in line and it starts raining or the 550 gun comes and you did not get an opportunity, your time stands. But if you ever pull out of line or you go, your time no longer exists. But I think you might see some people more likely to roll the dice knowing you're going to make the race tomorrow, especially if the conditions are better. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, one team I don't have a sense for, you talked about Team Penske, and I think that's fair, especially with them going deep in the in the afternoon, is I don't know what to expect from Andretti. Uh, that team typically qualifies pretty well. Rossi had some some good moments today, and, and uh, but, you know, I, I just don't know. The one thing, well, with this – be kind of later but i rossi did say that they learned that uh how to efficiently cool their engines we've talked about cooling engines this week uh okay. because that'll be an important factor for sunday as you uh, make back-to-back -back runs and how well you can cool that engine will help your speed tremendously uh but rossi ran pretty well today but he he rolls off 24th so his yeah. his qualifying position isn't great marco as you mentioned is 11th uh, Colton Herta is 16th, so he's kind of on the fringe for, for when you would expect that the weather to turn. And Grosjean is in the top five, so he's fifth. So that might be one, but I just don't have a lot of confidence in, in Grosjean throwing five, four laps together if the conditions are not ideal. I think, you know, if they're tricky, he has not, he has not felt on firm ground all week. I mean, I've talked to him a couple times or listened to him once and talked to him a second time, and um, he hasn't sounded very confident. I, I know you mentioned he is less confident in his race car than his qualifying car. The other thing to keep in mind here is when you're looking at uh, which cars end up on the back row, we haven't had anybody hit the wall yet. And if, if somebody you know tear, tears it up tomorrow amid a crosswind or a changing direction wind, you know that's going to put you there because you're really going to have to scurry to get uh, to get that thing put together and and hope that um, hope that the weather stays good till 550. You know, when you look at some of the other contenders potentially for Fast 12, 
I'm still not sure where Meyer Shank Racing is at this point, which is an extension in some ways of Andretti Autosport. But Simon Pagano goes 30th. Um, other potential contenders in the Ganassis do not get a good draw. Erickson is 25th. Pillow is 19th. Dixon is 18th. Ed Carpenter Racing, other than VK, not so great. Connor Daly, 20th. So, again, they were talking, you know, not terrible. We're talking a little bit before 1 o'clock, so it shouldn't be totally heat-soaked at that point, but it's starting to get warm. If it's a sunny day, by the time we hit 1230, I feel like that's not good. You know, that's why some of the guys were today saying they really wanted to go out right at noon, and once they got to 1230, it was, this isn't so great. I would just say that that uh, again, twelve cars will make the uh, the first hour, roughly, and I don't think there's as many top twelve cars on straight up speed under similar conditions in those first twelve as you thought there might be. I like I don't see Hildebrand as being one of those top contenders or Montoya or Grosjean. Agree, but I'm just saying they're going to get a boost with that Yes, they will get a boost. Yeah, They will get a boost. But just based on outright speed, I think it's Pato, VK, Jimmy Johnson, and Sato. Those four. And so as you look at from 12 on down, in my mind, on straight-up speed, all those guys will kind of be in the same boat on weather conditions. So that may – and a lot of the spots won't be taken, if you will – you know, you won't have like if you had Sage and Dixon and Daly and, you know, Carpenter, if all those were in the first 10 or 12 and essentially kind of taken the 12, then I think that might be more uh, problematic if you were in the back. But I think, you know, there aren't a lot of the really, really fast cars in the first 12. Uh, so I think that does maybe even things out if you're. 13 on back does that make sense mm-hmm. I, I still think around you know 12 13 14 15 shouldn't be too bad but it's not as good as those going 11 15 i believe by the way you know we mentioned don't want to go first and yeah i'm not sure that i'm going to go first but i do want to go second but it's not like yeah. it's a green track at 11 o'clock True. they i believe still guarantee practice and, uh, you know, as some are walking around today, so wait a minute, why wouldn't you just go when it's ready? They've been practicing all week. Why would they need more practice? That's probably a lot of it, isn't it? Because you don't want that first guy going out to be at a disadvantage on a totally green track. I'm, I'm guessing that might be one of the things. And just because this is the way we've done it. We've had a practice before qualifying early in the morning for quite some time. Yeah, we've had that practice, and and honestly, there hasn't been a lot of uh, usage of that practice in recent years, partly because, you know, it's cooler in the morning, and the conditions, the track isn't what you'll see it, you know, Mm -hmm. if a guy's running at noon, what good does it to go out when it's, you know, it's still pretty crisp in the morning at 830, so so there has not, I would say traditionally, in recent years, there's not been as much action in those two practice sessions. I say two practice sessions because they divide the field into two groups. And so what do they each get? 30 minutes. And so, you know, there hasn't been as much action there, but I think there will be a little bit more because, because teams like team Penske didn't run this morning or this afternoon late. And, uh, but again, I don't know why you would run 
just like I don't know why you would go out in all the wind today too many times. I think you go out and try it once and figure out where you're at the best you can and hope the wind's better tomorrow. But, uh, you know, so I asked that of Michael Andretti. I I walked by, I saw Mario and I said, what was it like? He had just got off the two seater. This was right at noon. And he said, I was going 10 miles per hour faster than normal going into turn three. That's how big the wind is. And, you know, I kind of said, would you just kind of leave it in the barn? And he said, it's tough for drivers. It's, you know, you have to, to feel comfortable in this. And he said, I always felt pretty good in the wind. So I asked Michael, if you had a young driver and he does have a young driver, one of them, would you go conservative and really limit your runs today or consider not going? And he said, no, uh, because we think it might be this windy or close to it tomorrow. You've just got to figure it out. So we're going to go out there and run to at least some degree. And I'm hearing mixed opinions on the wind. I haven't looked it up, but some are saying it's going to be less windy. Some are saying it's now going to be close to what it was today. And I think it's supposed to be pretty warm and then drop 25 degrees on Sunday, which is one of the reasons, again, why I think they I think ultimately they made the right decision to say either we're going to get them all in tomorrow or we're going to start over. Because while it doesn't impact you making the race, as we've said, starting position we all think is pretty important this year. And if you are willpower and whatever it is, 32nd in line, and you don't have to go until 11.15, if they get 30 in and you're going at 11.15 on Sunday morning and it's 65 degrees, you're in the fast 12th. You know, you're pretty much yeah. guaranteed to have a chance in a run at a pole uh, so that I understand that that makes some sense. All right, we'll see what we have not gotten to yet and get into some of the other storylines from today and much more, including uh, some details on joining us live on Monday night at the Prime 47 Indy Burger Bash, benefiting the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center at 16th and Main and Speedway. That and what's coming up in qualifying next. Hi, this is Takuma Sato. You are listening to Trackside on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Fastest all three days. We need to do some research. When does that happen? We're leading up to qualifying. Is that is that right, Kurt? Do I have that correct? Because, you know, yeah. I, I obviously had the wrong sheet last night and wondered why they were all the same. But the top two were the same on the first two days, which was what threw me a little bit. But when's the last time? Russ Thompson, if you're listening on your way home, When's the last time the same driver led practice, all practice, leading up to qualifying? So that gives us a little bit more. There were only three in you know, some years there were four or five or back in the day, 15. So that's trivia number one. Thanks for staying with us. 93.5, The Fan. This is Trackside. Let's roll through some Twitter questions for the love of Indy as a, a nugget for us. Last year, eight of the Fast 9 participants made it on their first qualifying run. Four of those eight were in the first eight qualifiers. Only driver in the Fast 9 that made it on a second attempt was Renus VK. Uh, Mitchell, no, that's just a thumbs up, so thank you. Um, what, what if it rains halfway through qualifying on Saturday? What are they going to do? Okay, we address that. That means they're starting over. If it rains over, we'll start. And that time will be TBD on Sunday. So if it were to rain and we don't finish on Saturday, Check your local listings on Saturday evening. It is not 100% certain, but I think rest assured that they're probably going to start at, you know, probably 11 o'clock. So think of it this way. 
they, they have a television window and one television window. They really would like to have that Fast 12 shootout on NBC from 4 until 6. They'd really like qualifying to be done by around 2 o'clock to allow teams to, to allow the engines to cool down and just a chance to reset. There are limited adjustments that are allowed and so forth. So kind of back time it. You'd like to be done at 2. You need three hours. Plan on 11 a.m.-ish. Uh, with a, a practice session on Sunday, if that is the case. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Adri Fernandez pointed that out, that the time gets erased. That has happened before as well. Mike at, <laughs> at Efforting Moose. I would have actually read it because I saw Mike, but at Efforting Moose, I need to put him to the front of the line from now on. It seems like teams had more trouble finding clear track on previous Fast Fridays. Did Team Series do something different this year so cars went out more one at a time? It's a good question. I think it was circumstance because so few really wanted to go. You just had fewer takers. I think that's right. And and something you and I talked about during the break, let's give just a, a synopsis of that. Alexander Rossi today ran six laps. Scott Dixon ran four laps. Uh, Alex Pillow, four laps. Marco Andretti, seven laps. Uh, there are several more down here at the bottom. Christian Lundgaard, seven. Jack Harvey, eight. Montoya, yep. six. Colton, seven. So I'd and there's a, just a ton that were like 10, 11, 12 laps. Uh, the most anybody ran today, well, Connor Daly ran 37, and David Malukas ran 39. But almost half the field ran fewer than 15 laps today. And I think that is really the indicative nature of not only answering the question of why there was probably green, you know, open space for uh, cars to to get, be out there by themselves, but it just also speaks to the w windy conditions that were present. That uh, you know, somebody said I think it was Carpenter. In fact, he said, "Look, we've had we've had days that were windy like this. I still always go back to 2003, the the pole day when Elio and TK." were just magnificent in the wind but you had wind and heat and and i think that was uh the combination that was that was too much to overcome for most people and they just put it in the barn by the way um i mentioned hey stefan wilson's team is probably because of circumstances one that we don't expect to beat a whole lot of people in qualifying i think i'll retract that to some extent that that he was, I think, 27th today, was 226 miles per hour. So they're figuring some things out. Uh, so don't put that as a lock that they're on the last row. If you have to pick somebody, you may still pick that team. But they went faster than, what, five or six others today. I don't want to do any math, but they went faster than a few today, and they ran a couple of more runs. And I know yesterday they also – um, we're working through some some teething issues for the team. So good on them. Good on them. I want to see that team continue to grow. Some other Twitter comments from uh, Cam Soup FL. Why don't they just run all of qualifying on Sunday instead of trying to squeeze some in on Saturday? Well, the hope is we're getting it all in tomorrow. Uh, and it just, well, one, we like to have content. We want to go to the racetrack on Saturday and Sunday. So the format is slightly different this year, just simply because the circumstances are what they are. You still want to continue to have a baseline idea when you have more than 33 cars. And to do that, it you need to have two days. Some will still say you need to have four days. Two is probably the, the happy medium there in that case. Could you do it in one day? Yes. 
yes, you could do it in one day, but I think a lot of people um, like to go on two days. And let's look at business. So I know there's not 75,000 people coming either day this weekend, but the suites are pretty full. Uh, the, the garage is full, and that's more people that you could – the access that you can get at the Indianapolis 500 on practice and qualifying days by buying the silver badge, the bronze badge, maybe having a hookup somewhere is amazing. Just walking around, it's just, it's just amazing. And that's one reason to have extra days because it's an extra opportunity for someone to come to the track and fall in love with this race that gets invited. That's my thought. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, today was just just wacky. Uh, an interesting quote I thought was pretty funny today. Uh, Alexander Rossi was reminded that last year about this time going into qualifying, he was so proud of his engine manufacturer, Honda, that he said that it was Honda with a capital H. And then somehow it was changed today that the H stands for hopefully because because you just don't know. We just don't have a read on anybody. Mm -hmm. and, and he ran second today, but only ran four laps and certainly didn't make qualifying completion. So you just, it'll be H for hopefully uh, if you're a Honda camp today. Uh, and kind of same thing for uh, Chevrolet. I think I think both parties, for one of the few times in uh, in any 500 recent history, neither one really knows what what uh, what's what. Brian heard it, by the way, when he went to make the uh, draw, or at least was in the draw for for qualifying positions, uh, said, "Look, we just didn't want to go out and chase conditions. We didn't. We just we didn't we didn't want to be there." And so that's why he and and uh, his driver son Colton Herta just I, weren't out there. I get that. It's a risk anytime you're on the track, and I'd have a thought of, well, I want it to count. If I'm going to put it all on the line, I want it to count and put me in the race in a good starting position. Because even if I do it today, it doesn't do me any good. I got to do it tomorrow. So, and it's not like you know this is a brand new driver. He already had a sense of what is going to be needed tomorrow. Billy O'Dell at four turns, one love IMS. The scooters in Gasoline Alley is no good. It kills driver interaction. Not cool. I get it. I get that comment. We we miss the days with the drivers all walking around, and it does make for better interaction. Part of the if let's if let's see the teams and the drivers' perspective a little bit. That's a pretty decent hike, especially if you happen to be at the north end of pit lane. How far is that, Kurt? Half well, a mile? It's it's a well, no. many minute minute walk. Now the difference is early in my career before they allowed the scooters and and whatnot, the drivers would just jump on the tuggers, the little carts that were pulling the the. Um, the cars and it wasn't i mean you might see them a little better but and you, you still weren't going to get an autograph yeah that that wasn't a that was uh like a, a screen setting a pick because they're on the tugger they're going three miles per hour but you can't really go up to them because they're in that situation you know some have golf carts bring them up it, it's not necessarily because they're trying to avoid people it's because we've been in engineering back here or i needed to get lunch or I had two appearances that I needed to do in a suite. And, oh, they want me in the car in four minutes. And I am a 10-minute walk away. So I get it, uh, but there's no perfect answer for that. But that's one of the reasons why it is, because it's, it's just so so far away. 
Um, but if you're in the garage, you still get pretty decent access. Most everybody, not all the time, but they're pretty good about coming out at different times to sign every once in a while. All right, uh, so to finish this segment, and then we'll get into some things we missed in just a moment, I want to get into some details of what's coming up. Because, Kurt, this is it's gone so quickly. This is our last show before the return of the Burger Bash. The Prime 47 Burger Bash is coming up on Monday night. So our next show will be, well, we'll have a lot to talk about because we'll have two qualifying days. We'll have a two-hour practice from one to three coming up on Monday. I have had, uh, I've not even asked everyone yet. I've just sent out to a few PR reps and talked to a couple of drivers, and I'm getting great response that I'm feeling pretty good about our attendance coming up Monday, some other dignitaries. One driver has definitely confirmed that had a really good day today, and I'll start. Some of them I'm going to wait until Monday because I know they'll forget. So I'm going to chat with some people on Monday morning, invite them over. So it's in Speedway. It is a free fan event in the back parking lot of the USAC building. Just put USAC headquarters in your Google Maps or whatever, uh, but we're the corner of 16th and Main, so around the roundabout, close to 16th and Georgetown, and the backdrop will be a beautiful shot of IMS, and we are going to have uh, already, we've sold all the tickets for the VIP section, but there's plenty outside. That's where the show is going to be. The show is going to be outside. We'll do trackside from 7 until 8. We'll start kind of gathering at 6 and kind of begin the program, one, whenever a driver shows up, or two, by at least 6.15, 6.30, something in that range. Prime 47 will be selling sliders to folks with a good portion going to the IU Melvin and Brent Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. Uh, we'll have beverages available from Indie Brew Bus. I got the the list that's going to be available. It's really good. Some some different options that they'll have and, and free for our VIPs inside. Kona Ice has some things for the kids uh, Blue Marble is a partner for the VIPs. Uh, basic needs and simple solutions. The vice president of the Burger Bash, Mark Lynch, is handling, thankfully, a lot of the organizing uh, and is, has been fantastic for us. And then we've got the auction. So go to my Twitter. I posted the link today. Even if you cannot attend, take a look at some of the items. You can bid online. You do not have to be there to bid on the items that we have online. And then we are going to have a different set of items, including from the Hall of Fame collection, uh, including driver mem memorabilia and so forth, that will be available only for those that come to the events. So 6 to 8.30, two-seater from the Indy Racing Experience, Lucas Oil School of Racing, and so much more. That's coming up on Monday. And then don't forget, next Friday nights, I've got some details I'll get into this week, uh, next week on this, but we'll be at Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park taping that night show from 5.30 until 6.30 before the Carb Night Classic. No, I was hoping maybe we'd find a discount. I don't see one. I didn't get one. So just go to the uh, regular IRP box office and you can buy tickets. I think they're 25 bucks a piece and we'll be at the Midway for that. What we missed and more coming up next on Trackside. Hi, this is David Malukas, and you're listening to Trackside. And David Malukas is fast. Time now for the Speedrome Trackside News of the Day. Brought to you by Speedrome.com. Saturday night's Tom Wood Group Indianapolis Speedrome, powered by Lincoln Tech. 
Wow, a rough start to uh, the last day of the And of I just said how well you were doing on the read. I jinxed I you. Know. I'm sorry. <laughs> this family-friendly racing action, great food, free parking, and outrageous fun, always capped off by the world-famous wild and unpredictable figure eight. By the way, I love figure eights. Tickets start at only $10. Kids eight and under are free. And June 4th, the return of the crazy school bus figure eight. Insane tra- trailer figure eights and demo derbies, all at speedroom.com. You're doing great. You're hired for the rest of the month. I, yeah. I think you're still doing fantastic. All right, I think our news of the day is going to be a repeat of something we mentioned earlier for those listening live on radio here in Indianapolis. The time has changed for qualifying. I don't want you to, to tune in or get to the track at 1145 and think you're early because you might have missed the fastest speed of the day. Because of a chance of rain in the afternoon, they moved up qualifying to start at 11 a.m. If it happens to stay dry, we'll get a, an hour bonus of qualifying time. So 11 until 5.50 tomorrow. And remember, tomorrow, basically everyone runs at least once. Multiple times are allowed. You can go to the fast lane and withdraw. You can hold your time and maybe not get through the line. Uh, but that determines... Well, one, it could lock you in from 13 through 33. And if that's where you're at, then you're done until Monday. Top 12, come out again and run on Sunday. Gates open at 8. Practice from 8.30 until 9.30, split into two groups. That's tomorrow's schedule. Next Wednesday and Thursday at Circle City Raceway marks the return of the biggest names in USAC National Sprint Cars, running a two-night extravaganza presented by Maston and Kane Warehouse Services. That's Brady Bacon, C.J. Leary, Justin Grant, Tanner Thorson are just some of the names slated to race. And our own JMV will be live on site on Wednesday. Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds. That's CircleCityRaceway.com. And I'm looking forward to seeing JMV on Carb Day at IMS this year with uh, in the middle of what? Kings of Chaos and Rick Springfield and Morris Day in the time. I like I, them. I was offended when I mentioned that on Peacock the other day, and my my young producer in my year said, "Who is Morris Day in the time?" And I think he was serious. <laughs> so I, I was I, appalled. I would be too. I liked uh, Morris Day in the time. I've not heard uh, much of him lately, but I didn't know they still did anything. So that's fantastic. And just watch Purple Rain if you're not familiar. Uh, okay, uh, fastest today again, Takuma Sato. The qualifying draw is significant. 11 a.m., it starts with Pato Award going out first. And that is all the time we have. We'll see you at the USAC headquarters for the Prime 47 Indy downtown. There are two Prime 47s, but this is the one that's in downtown Indianapolis right next to Gainbridge Fieldhouse. So join us on Monday night at the USAC headquarters for the Prime 47 Indy Burger Bash benefiting the IU Simon Comprehensive Cancer Center. 7 o'clock airtime. We get things started at 6. We'll see you then. Enjoy uh, qualifying this weekend on the radio and on Peacock Television.